If it were up to me, I would try to forget the Hunger Games entirely, never speak of them, pretend they were nothing but a bad dream. But the Victory Tour makes that impossible. Strategically placed almost midway between the annual games, it is the capital's way of keeping the horror fresh and immediate. Not only are we in the districts forced to remember the iron grip of the capital's power each year, we are forced to celebrate it. And this year I am one of the stars of the show. I will have to travel from district to district, to stand before the cheering crowds who secretly loathe me, to look down into the faces of the families whose children I have killed. That was a passage from Catching Fire, book two in Suzanne Collins' famous Hunger Games trilogy. My name is Jason Squamata. Welcome to the Catching Fire edition of Book Circle Online. From the library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome back to Book Circle Online. I am Jason Squamata, and I am here with my ravishing co-hosts. Christy Gray Lovato. And? Pat Janowski. Um, ladies, uh, welcome uh, inside the circle. It's, uh, it's nice to be here with you, as always. Mm. Um, today, as you know, we are discussing Catching Fire. Ah. Um, yes, book two of the uh, famous and fabled an immensely popular Hunger Games trilogy. And uh, this is the book where, uh, where things ramp up quite a bit, um, where we go from the, uh, the terrifying uh, sort of uh, game show format of the first book, um, and uh, where seeds of perhaps some kind of revolution were planted. Now in Catching Fire, we're seeing those seeds blossom ever so, so slightly. Or at least sprout. Yes, indeed. Shall we say. Shall we say. Let's say. And Pat, please, uh, give us give us some just some, some random thoughts on how you it's, feel about this It's book. interesting because the first book was centered just on those games in the arena. That was basically the whole thing. There was a little tiny bit with, with her and Gail beforehand. Um, but it was all about what is this all about? You know mm-hmm. these games, right. and this book, at least half of it is not the the arena doesn't come in until I don't know halfway through the book, at least maybe even farther. Right. And uh, because those that revolution really does start boiling, uh-huh. and you see the things that are happening in in the districts through. Uh, our protagonists going on their victory tour. Indeed. You really see what they do and how clueless they are as to how to behave. Right. Well, that's and I, I feel, I mean, I, I must admit, I have not yet read Mockingjay, which I'm sure mm. is where the revolution really, like, blows up in our faces. And I think the important step taken with this book is, uh, I mean, our characters went through all this hell and we realize they're in this you know, desperate dystopian world where all their dreams are going to get, you know, just ground into dust no matter what happens. Well, but if we play these games, life will be better for my family. I'll be able Mm -hmm. to live out the rest of my life. But this book is them realizing, and partly because of the special circumstances of how luminous of a, of a star Katniss is and that she was kind of born to set this, this thing off. But that for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. They're always, they're rats in a cage and always will be. And so realizing that there's no way to appease the system in a way where they, they won't. There's no happily after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and the thing with Katniss and what makes her so compelling is that she, she's not a revolutionary. Mm -hmm. She wants to survive. She started out as a survivor. Her mom kind of, in the first book, her mom kind of checks out. Mm -hmm. She's responsible for her sister's survival and her own. And, and really what she's thinking about is getting through the next big hurdle. And so when the quarter quell comes along, it's kind of like, you know, and, and Snow comes to visit to their home and is essentially like, uh-huh. all right, you set this up where, yeah. you know, you're the doomed lovers and it saved your ass, so you better keep that going because that's the only thing that's keeping your family alive. Mm. Yeah. And that's, like, there's not only no happily ever after, like mm. you said, Jason, they are trapped. Yeah. yeah. They, they have to keep this going, this thing that she certainly doesn't want. And he wants, but knows she doesn't want. Right. So it's it's horrible for both of them. Yeah. But at the same time, there's this relationship building between Katniss and Peta for the first time because they've both been through this trauma together. Right. 
and they're really the only ones who understand each other, you know, like the nightmares and them sleep, you know, sleeping together on the train, sleeping in the same bed because they're the only ones, you know, who are having those dreams on the train. Right. And so there's something developing between them that wasn't there in the first book. Definitely. Well, yeah, that's real, mm-hmm. you know, and then, I mean, not just to save their lives. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the, 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 you know, that those feelings <laughs> that they were expressing under those circumstances were real for PETA, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, a sadder and wiser, you know, like kid as well. And out the other side of it, he's, I understand that you were performing that and that that saved our lives. What I really like is how Hamish in, in this book emerges as a more fully devo- developed character and yeah. that you understand why he's always drunk. Right. And they start to understand why, he's, why right. he's always drunk because he's living in hell. Yeah. Well, for the first time, they're living in Hamish's world. They're living in the world that, you know, and they're unique in that they have each other. All the other, the, the winners, all mm. the other Hunger Games winners come out alone and they're the only ones who come out together. Uh-huh. Well, and... Um and I and I and I think also that moment. I mean that the harrowing uh, when I mean they're 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 in this purgatory, this very painful purgatory. Mm-hmm. But like hell is waiting, and when all of a sudden, oh, we've had this wonderful idea, the quarter quail this year. Everyone who thought they'd be safe for the rest of their lives after having gone through hell, it's time to go back to hell, huh? Yeah. yeah. And I was yes, I was reminded of that old Woody Allen movie <laughs> where he goes to a banana republic. Um, and uh, he uh, assists with the revolution, and they take over the country, the terrible revolutionaries, and they're delivering. Um, you think the freedom has come, and they're they're at the podium, the head of the revolutionary group, the Che Guevara, mm-hmm. and he says, "From now on, only those under seventeen are allowed to vote. Ha. Everyone under seventeen is now seventeen." Um. But anyway, so uh, I, I don't so, remember that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, no. So so they're they're going back to hell and the agony of these I mean to to have gone through something like that and to basically reconcile yourself to the fact that you're going to be processing that trauma for the rest of your life and uh and that um yeah, that it's not over. Right. Okay. Well, and Katniss's role, you know, at the mocking Jay is like a symbol develops in this book. Like she yeah. becomes mm-hmm. there's this there's this waiting unrest that is kind of looking for a symbol and finds it in Katniss because of her. In a way, it's like because she's an angry teenage girl. Even in a, this dystopian world, she's every once in a while she against all good judgment and against her own best interests she just kind of does the wrong thing because it's the right thing to do like her her gesture towards Rue's family when they visit Rue's district oh, wasn't that great because it, it it you know it ties into the first book it mm-hmm. shows the agony that um, well, because they hadn't yet had the quarter quell. Right. So they're just taking their victory lap at this point. Mm-hmm. Huh. And they go to Rue's district and we know how hard that was for her. We we read that in the first book. We all loved Rue and wanted her to survive, and that wasn't to be. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she gets to, was it District 8? District 11. 11. Yeah. And um, uh, they're, you know, she they, they make nice about the boy who was killed, but then when it comes time for Rue, mm-hmm. this, the symbol happens. You know, yeah. the, the raising of the fingers and the... The whistle. The whistle. Uh, right. And it's... Um, it's it's chilling and beautiful and well, and the poor old man is shot right before right and right yeah. up until that happens, yeah. she's like, I I just want my family mm-hmm. and I and Peta yeah. to to get through this alive and, and Gail and Gail and for right. the first time, she's like, we are not coming out of this. Yeah, this yeah. is bigger than me. This is bigger than yeah. President Snow. Yeah, right, right. Well, and this this kind of vicious circle that develops as. President Snow starts to sort of frantically assert his authority mm-hmm. by, you know, just throwing all the rules out the window and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like this is adding more fuel to the fire. It's making her like a more powerful revolutionary right. figure. Well, and really pulling out the safety net that... Um that was keeping the revolution in check, like destroying the black markets in the district that were making it so that the poorest families could survive. Right. Pulling out those safety nets, kind of, you know, every step that President Snow takes, right up until the quarter quell, 
just makes it worse uh-huh. because he's he's a politician. He can fight a political battle, but he can't fight a PR battle against a teenage girl. Right, 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 right. Well, because yes. she has no strategy. She yeah. has no motivation. And she keeps and shifting. She, I mean, mm-hmm. Gail, uh, when the quarter quell is announced, says, let's just run away. Uh-huh. And she's she's like, no, because our families. He's like, well, we can get them out too. Oh, mm-hmm. hum, 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 hum. Oh, the fence is electrified. Oh, can't do that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and then that there's the they come across the two in the forest. Right, yeah, that right. Was so cool. Yeah. Then and first learn about like the myth of District Thirteen. Right. Yes. And I think that's where it start that it starts to become a bigger picture. Much bigger. Uh, right. That the, the the possibility that mm-hmm. District Thirteen just might not be what they've been right. telling us. It well, is. that's the thing. I mean, this whole world that uh, that that Suzanne Collins paints. It's uh, okay. Maybe it's the future. Maybe it's an alternate universe. Like whatever it is, it has all these signifiers from our world. But you know, these districts. This see, this is for all intents and purposes the world to us. Mm-hmm. And this is by the idea that District Thirteen has been painted as this radioactive wasteland, but the idea that there's more to the world than, like, that that there's something outside the map that mm-hmm. President Snow has provided is, uh, you know, because that, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if, if he has circumscribed the limits of your achievable reality mm-hmm. and you're going to burn that whole reality down, what are you left with? But right. the idea that there's some place to escape right. to right. makes that revolutionary urge not suicidal. Right. But it's that it's that thing of hope. Like, yeah. Well, and that's a new. classic dystopian sci-fi trope too. That uh-huh. kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, that flip the script kind of uh-huh. everything you know is mm-hmm. so much less than what is kind of thing. Right. Right. Like in Brave New World, mm-hmm. where, you know, they're all in their little bubble and the ones outside are disease-ridden and savages, John mm-hmm. Savage, and, you know, and it's just farmland out there. There's nothing right. wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Right. Which is horrifying. It's horrifying. They're not yeah. watching TV. Okay, they're not watching TV. They don't have their feelies, you know, and that's terrible. I can't imagine what I'd do with myself. That is a dystopic concept. So. And no Soma. No Soma. I was totally digging the concept of Soma when I read mm-hmm. Brave New World as a, you know, like senior in high school. Uh, right. Yeah, I thought it sounded pretty cool. See, I did not read Brave New World. I listened to it on audio while driving from California to St. Louis and through farmland, which I had the likes of which I had never seen. Wow. And certain stops along that trip made me feel like we needed to keep John Savage in check. But ah. mm. it's a different time. Different time. Different time. Different book. Different <laughs> different book. <laughs> Back to the subject at hand. Yes, yes, Says yes. Jason yeah, in, in I'm, his I'm just subtle, saying, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, keep focused, ladies, sort right. of way. Yes. I understand. Uh, yes. I but I think that's something that I appreciate about the trilogy and yeah. where it ultimately yeah. goes, which yeah. I will not... Say because I know you haven't been there and we haven't been there, but no. we that in su- Circle Online have done the You and yes. I have been there. We no. have been there, but that Suzanne Collins seems to be so savvy about these sorts of you know these archetypes, these tropes, and I think that it really translates those kinds of um, the things that I love about science fiction for a, a current generation. Yeah. Which I'm really happy that The Hunger Games has had the success that it has because I think it's a lot more challenging in that way than a lot of books that have been popular among the young adult set and, and, you know, the new readers. Yeah. It does have a lot of that classic sci-fi stuff, which mm -hmm. is nice. And, but, but in this, with the success of the film franchise as well, we have such an appealing, um, celebrity, celebrity, you know, Mm -hmm. someone to look up to. And, and hasn't she, J-Law, mm. hasn't she really lived up to her character? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the way that she is in real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, or, I, I think uh, we discussed this in the Hunger Games podcast, yeah. that she's, she's like the journey of Katniss right. into the realm of celebrity is something that, you know, ah, that, uh, yeah. yeah, that she's, um, that she's paralleling in her own life, her awkwardness and, yeah. you know. Well, un- unlike Katniss, I'm sure J-Law would like to be in several more films. <laughs> but no, I think, yes, true. You know, and just to circle yeah. back, I think, you know, the... Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Um, well, well, something that uh, that 
I that that popped into my head about President Snow and mm-hmm. his, you know, the fact that his efforts to drive the screws into a culture that's sliding beyond his control mm-hmm. are kind of doomed to failure because <coughs> he, um, his, uh, his contempt for the masses, um, and that's why I mean I can remember reading uh, you know dystopic science fiction novels in in my youth and uh, you know sort of kids oriented uh, things, but um, but it was uh, those books were dystopian in the sense that it was driving home the idea that the system is ambivalent to the needs of the individual, right? And whereas like I I am every time I'm. Well, this, having jumped into Hunger Games and jumping into Catching Fire, it's um, I get alarmed every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. by how harrowing this world is, mm-hmm. and that um, the system hates right. the individual. And I think that's unique in that. And you can correct me if you can think of an example, but in all of these the, the classic sorts of dystopian science fiction novels that that come to my mind, the system is. Uh, the system is uh, you don't ever get a glimpse into the mind of Big Brother or you know it's a, it's a yeah. it's a blind dumb system that does not yeah. ever have a chance to speak for itself and the Hunger Games trilogy is unique in that way That's, yeah because yeah, we have it embodied in, in presence right don't we and not, but, it's, but it's still through her eyes I mean I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be curious you know um I mean, there, there's such. I mean, partly because of the Hunger Games, there's you know just such a vast multiverse of young adult, you know, like dark, shadowy universes to explore. Um, I'd be surprised if someone wasn't going there already. But um, but like the, in the way that with the uh, with the Star Wars extended universe, all those Star Wars novels, mm-hmm. there there's a whole series of books um, from the point of view of a stormtrooper. Oh. You know, so this grunt, you know, who's like laying down the law, and I'm not sure if the journey of that stormtrooper is towards rebellion. Who writes these things? This, um, that kind of thing. Hundreds of authors. Yeah, it's like really? a yeah, it's all industry. Yeah. I, how come I didn't know this? Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a little like fanfic, though. It's sort of well, it is. I'm a little worried about the quality of the story. Well, but if you, I mean, if you go all the way with it, because I mean <laughs> that you know, it's um, it's it's fanfic until a million people are reading it, and right? it's canon. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but President Snow and his blindness. He, you know, this quarter quell, yes, let's dump all the champions in, all the people who are, you know, getting all these Google hits or whatever the capital equivalent is, and, uh, and let's, you know, let's just show people what happens, but these aren't a bunch of terrified children who've gotten this ad hoc thrown together well, wait, now, training. Do you, do you think that there, it's that broad? I think, I believe it was aimed specifically at her. Uh-huh. Not that, you know, the rest of these champions. Well, I think the idea of one of these of one of these kids like having a following that's, mm-hmm. you know, that that one of these people, one of these animals could be more compelling or could have more authority over the emotional life of these citizens than than him. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's like th- just them being as loved as they are, mm-hmm. even though that's kind of been part of the engine of what's keeping the games well, and the control system And that's their soma. That's, who, that's how he keeps the populace, not just the districts, but the right. capital. They're so interested yeah. in the games that well, they can't think about anything else. Well, that's what keeps our system in place. Oh, yes. Robot drone planes, blah, 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 body I know, count every day. I didn't day. check in on Facebook for like six weeks, and I am ready to overthrow some shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> okay, shit. But then, but wait, but Miley Cyrus, though, and then what? Oh, hi. Shiny. Shiny. Look over here. Look over here. Look yeah. Over here. Um, but Beeping. these aren't these aren't um, scared kids anymore. These he turns them into killers. He turns them And that is cool. So when you saw uh, you know when we we started encountering these people and it was kind of like okay, they're all enemies now. They have to all be enemies of each other. But then we start to realize through Hamish talking about it that they all know each other. Right, Because mm-hmm. right, right. like Katniss and Peeta, who are the only ones in their own situation, they're like a small elite group of yeah. people who have also been through hell. Yeah. And every year go through it again because they have to coach coach mm-hmm. the people, right. the, the new ones. Right, That's right. And they have to watch. It's like watching the Hunger Games is, is mandatory. It's yeah, compulsory. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this in whatever... 
piece or functionality they've achieved in their existences. I mean, uh, like uh, BT, mm-hmm. like builds oh. machines yeah. to like you know to kill new kids with, and you know, and uh, like whatever piece they've achieved has in this story been thrown out the window because they're dumped into hell again. You know, and that's what's, you know, kept them as part of the machine that that was horrible. It's horrible to live in a world where I had to see and do what I was. Well and you get to know that gradually because as newcomers on onto the scene, Mm -hmm. um, Katniss and Peta are just looking at these people. They've heard things about them, they know about them, they've seen them every year. Finnick, right? He's this like slut Lothario, sleeps with everyone in the capital kind of person. And gradually we start to learn it's because that's how he survives. And he's he's trying to undermine it too. He gets information. And what is he using that for? Uh And you know, Johanna, when we first see her, she's this like obstreperous sex pot, mm-hmm. you know, um, aggressive person, um, and and then we eventually learned she's part of that too. And it's, I liked it. I liked the pacing of that. I liked being mm-hmm. introduced to them as these just scary, you know, type people. The careers thing was really uh-huh, cool, right. really cool, right? Because they're a completely different species. Well, and and I'm and I'm curious about them. I mean, sort of in that way that we're curious about the inner life of a stormtrooper. Like, because sure. because just by Katniss's nature and the nature of these situations, she's always not being led in by them, yeah. and they're always like just straight up enemies, like mm-hmm. in in the games. But I'm I'm curious about the careers. I mean, to be like like raised and trained and brought up in an ethos. Where like no one's fighting this, it's like it's, it's the ultimate in cynicism. Where our district is going to flourish because we accept this nightmarish situation, yeah. and we're going to raise our children to embrace it and oh. kill everyone. Yeah, it's like it's they're half murders, martyrs, and half murderers. Yeah, it's this really weird combination, mm-hmm. isn't it? Right, right, right. And the uh, yes, the brother sister team, Cashmere, and and who yeah, is yeah, the. Yeah. The boy. They, had, they were in different. They were in different uh, years, and right, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they each won, and right. Oh God, it's uh-huh. just it's excellent. Well, yeah. and that provided the opportunity to approach the the quarter quell game mm-hmm. differently than you know you had you had alliances in the first game that was featured in the Hunger Games, right. but not to this extent. You know, yeah. yeah, because they knew each other, and so they're yeah. like brother and sister, right? And the and level of cooperation, you know, yeah. sort well, of like they, you know, initially you're, you're thinking mm-hmm. that their their goal is to survive as long as they can and to maintain their humanity, which is completely different than, uh-huh. you know, than the game featured in the Hunger Games, right? Right, well, and it's natural that it should like the the actual games are all, almost an afterthought in this book. They do, really, like you said, they, really, and yeah. yet when I um. Because uh, this one, again, I, I read initially um, right when it first came out a couple uh, years ago, and then I reread it, uh-huh. and I was waiting for the games to come, because I remembered, right. thinking back, I remembered the book as being the games, yeah. and it's like, they're not coming, they're not coming, they're not right. coming, and I remember slowly getting the whole thing about the clock and the whole, uh-huh. all of that, and it went by so fast in the book, yeah. the second reading, uh-huh. it was like, whoa, it... Yeah. She's, she did a great job on that. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, they're they're experts now. I mean, they're still going to be challenged, and it's designed to be more difficult and to destroy them. But it's not, it's, it, it's like there's an element in the first book of everyone's like, I can't believe this is happening, no matter how prepared they've been. It you know they're they're just they're in hell. Yeah, this is this one they, they know. Yeah. Oh, and then were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, and I don't want us—I don't want us to skip over it because the other, you know, there's the power of the capital, and there's the power of President Snow. But the the f- different facets that rebellion takes mm-hmm. in this world are really fascinating to me, and I don't want to over—I don't want us to just skip over Cinna because oh, that was yeah. so oh, huge right, for me. Right, God, right. it's brutal. And yeah. that you know, yeah. like there's no there's no art in this world. There is just this like. Fashion, this like of well, the moment it consumes fashion thing. Uh, like this, the games, all the all the art feeds the games, mm-hmm. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. so, Sin is sort of like he <clears> is <throat> driving in a lot of ways. He's driving the identity of the Mockingjay. And he's driving 
her role in the revolution through the choices that he makes on right. her tour. I mean, he picked he he made that Mockingjay thing happen mm-hmm. with uh-huh. the wings and right. the whole with costume change when she lifted up her arms and the whole. Well, oh. and and that and that seemed to me like his protest. Yeah. I, like I'm yes. wondering how oh, much yeah. of a surprise was it to him that he you know that he was destroyed ultimately by the choice he oh, made. Oh, I think he, I, yeah. I feel like I think his outrage. That I mean, this special bond that he has with Katniss, and that they could do this. I mean, there, you know, there's all well, this anger that mm-hmm. they're openly expressing, but yeah. that was right. his fuck you. Well, in oh, a way, I feel like a lot of the strategy in the first and second book, a lot of the sort of political maneuvering is happening between President Snow and Cinna, uh-huh. mm-hmm. because it's really like it's a PR battle. Right. It's um, and and Cinna is the one who builds that identity that. Yeah. That ultimately Katniss has to decide whether or not she's going to embrace. Right. She's not like she, you know. She initially, she's really grateful to Senate in the first book because his decisions help her to get sponsors, and they help Hamish do the work that he needs to do to build her support network in the capital outside of the games. Right. But then, yeah, that last the the Mockingjay. Costume at the end with the wings and yeah. Oh god. Well, you know, and and the thing is, so I mean, there is a kind of dialectic uh, between President Snow and and Cinna, but Cinna is always, you know, is always going to be on the side of of whoever he's dressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the purpose of it always, you know, the Mockingjay outfit is in you know overt revolutionary statement. But even just with the burning, I just want you to live. You are my client. Well, yes, and yes. the um, it, it, it comes to light in you know finally by kind of the, right at the very end of this book uh-huh. that he is just the tiny tip of the revolutionary iceberg. Mm-hmm. Right. He is in cooperation with everyone. Well, that well, that's the thing. Like the much more uh, like you know crucial and surprising you know subversive element. Is Plutarch Heavensby? Oh yeah. Who you know? Because he because he designs the torture chambers that are that are grinding these children into meat, and you know and well, he's the next one. The previous one was killed because right they did the double. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was her talent that she did at the right at the, at the right in front yeah of the board or whatever that hanging was. the effigy yeah. of the first game uh-huh. design. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll add it in later. Yeah, we'll add it in later. We'll look it up. We'll Google it and paste it in. And so, um, yes, even what I'm saying now, no one will hear this. Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck! 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 Oh, fuck! Come on. Oh, now, fuck! Now, now, wait a sec. Okay, so uh, yes. and then I think you know, for me, Katniss is you. You you mentioned like that we find out at the end of the game, and Plutarch has designed this entire game, and you get the sense that even. The participants have been selected to facilitate Katniss's escape. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Because right. there are certain ones who are in on it. Right. Yeah. As we find out, Finnick is in on it. Um, Mags was in on it. Um, right. So sad. Um, and Johanna was in on it. Mm-hmm. Cutting and BT and Virus. Yeah. And and in such a brilliant way. And you thought it was going one way. You know. Uh-huh. Oh, BT's like I could, or was it BT was figuring out. Okay, I can wrap the coil around here, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. then right. and then something completely different happens, sort of, uh-huh. and just the whole destruction of the of the right. arena. Yeah, and she's not even into it. I mean, Kat she didn't know. She didn't know, but she also like like she doesn't want to be the symbol for the revolution. Right. She does not want all these people sacrificing themselves right. for her. And her only goal in going into the games, while everyone around her is conspiring to keep her alive. Is to keep Pete, Pete alive. alive. Yes. Right. Well, right. and that's why I think what makes her a profound revolutionary figure and makes her the natural goddess for everyone to revolve around, because everyone else, however altruistic their ultimate motives might be, they're all operators. They're mm-hmm. very much of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what they were before the game, but they are of the game, and, and that's point. why they're great spies. That's yeah. why this thing is made possible. But... She, I mean, that she is motivated by love for specific people, yeah. and mm-hmm. everyone else is has these is ideas. Is in the revolution, yeah, 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 and and that her revolution will be about, like you know, a um, getting the people that she loves to a place. Well, where they and it's all it's way. it's pure in that way, isn't it? And mm-hmm. which is um, which is the ideal characteristic for a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joan of Arc wanted to save the people of France. You know, it's it's not. Uh, 
she didn't want to be a hero, uh-huh. right? It's the thing. It's the love. It's all about the love. Uh-huh. And that's what, though she's a reluctant hero, that's what makes mm-hmm. her such a pure of heart. Right. Well, and that's the the tragedy and the big kind of, the big twist at the end of Catching Fire is that PETA does not make it out. God, yeah. He gets yeah. captured by the Capitol right. in, right. in, her, in, in her escape. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's something that, We'll explore more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Nothing, Jay. Uh-huh. Yeah, the baker's baker's son, I imagine, is going to get tortured. I mean, I don't want to speculate. We'll just just wait. I'll be talking to uh, to Jeffrey Masters about Mockingjay in just a few days' time. Oh, good. You've got some reading to do then. I've got some reading to do. Um, It's so good. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. And just as this one was so much different from the first, that is so much different from both of them. And no, no less satisfying. Yes. Right. Mockingjay is probably one of my favorite books that I've read in the last ten years. Uh-huh. And this trilogy, like literally, I tore through this in um, probably two weeks. All yeah. three books. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, and they're supposed to be young adult books. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, it just goes to show that yeah, either well. I won't say that that young adults today are more savvy than they were because we were reading The Handmaid's Tale and we were reading these books when we were 12 and 15 and however. Well, I mean, there seems to be such a sophisticated array of young adult titles. I mean, uh, you know, like working in a bookstore, seeing that that's, you know, like the only section that's like really thriving. Well, and, you know, popular authors are turning to young adult fiction. Yeah. I mean, you know, Big name authors and authors. John Grisham, John Grisham, and Erica Jong, and like you know. And so, so, I mean, so the thing is, what what differentiates? What makes like a an adult? What separates an adult work from one of these very sophisticated young adult books? Is it that the prose is more convoluted? Is it that the characters are dealing with like midlife ennui? Like what? No, I think it's that ad- an adult fiction has like slipped so far into escapism, uh-huh. whereas young adult fiction is actually this well, is deals this, with speaking real the language yeah, of this, myth. In this that, book, yeah, it really uh, the Hunger Games was so out there and weird. The whole concept of the Hunger Games. Uh-huh. This one made it very clear that the ills suffered by the society are ills that we suffer from. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, When you have this game show host Uh who's on live TV trying to make everyone cry, Uh and when there are wealthy people wearing outlandish hairdos, coloring their skin, um, uh, dressing in fashions that mean everything to them, and and, and there are the people who are starving. Well, and the people in the vomit, the vomit juice that like makes them throw up. Yeah, you know, how can you eat so much? People are starving. Yes. Well, it's it's what we are experiencing in society today, of course, where there ever widening gap between the rich and poor. Well, but I think isn't that built into the nature of society itself? What society has not suffered that disparity? True, not to this extent. And I, I think, think it's getting know, there's yeah. there's a lot of talk right now. There was just a study released by who released this study? Was it M- MIT? I can't remember. Someone just released a study about um, the specific factors that contribute to the downfall of society, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a breakdown of of the. Um, of the social fabric and mm-hmm. and plotted out a timeline of just several decades. Oh, yes. for uh-huh. that's right, right, that's right. I just and and that. some the factors were like the stress on resources that are that that is created by an income gap, and there there actually is a measurable spike in income inequality. And kids are hearing this, and they're yeah. coming into the world, and they're you know, makes sense. What are they going to do? Yeah. Right. It happened to Rome. It's going to happen to us. There's just no two ways. Or, there's no right. way around that. Right. There's no way around it. Well, yeah. So and so in that level, I mean, you know, I think so. Young adult fiction, in the same way that you know that that comics book, comic books do, or any of these kind of, you know, these these universes are speaking the language of myth and myth. However much you might you know filigree it however much Ovid might dress these stories up so that you know Shakespeare cribs them and everything that whole imaginal cosmos and that pantheon turns into poetry basically a myth is providing us with explanations for the baffling universe around us and more importantly providing us with survival strategies Mm -hmm. for how to cope in in this dangerous world and uh, so it's almost I mean uh, you know despite 
or perhaps because of its immense popular appeal. I mean, these stories are saying, you know, burn it down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, don't buy into the ridiculous excess, Mm -hmm. which, you know, kids today and me and you and you are told every piece of media that crosses our eyeballs or earballs tells us buy into the excess, get Botox. Um, wear lots of makeup, buy new clothes. Right. You know, this is the capital. But even if you don't buy into the excess, the people, and especially if you don't, the people who do are using the lives of you and everyone you know as fuel. Like the like the Egyptians and building the pyramids. I still don't believe that wasn't aliens. I'm sorry. Aliens. Oh, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> Um, okay, I, I'll go, I'll buy that to a certain extent, but I must insist they are not space monsters, but time monsters. Is there any difference? Between space and time? Is light a wave or a particle, Jason? It's a feeling. It's a way of seeing. Um, so, uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we've digressed a, a little bit. A little bit, so but well. I think just underlying, getting deeper into, uh, sure. the, you know, between the lines. But, uh, okay, so here's something, and, I, and this is probably going to pay off. Um, you keep hitting the table and making the stumping sound <laughs> like you're a judge. It's my heart beating. I'm this passionate about what I'm about to say, uh, my bookish circular nice. um, creatures. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I feel like this is going to pay off uh, in Mockingjay, but uh, something that struck me, and it's just a little detail, but when she meets President, when Katniss meets President Snow mm-hmm. incongruously in the in her humble home, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and she smells blood on yeah. his breath. Yeah, it's gross, isn't it? Yeah. So so I'm first like, is this? Are they? Is Suzanne Collins overplaying the vampiric nature of the lofty power figure, or is there some is there something else happening? Oh, it's not vampiric. Yeah, it's blood from he has to participate in rituals and stuff, and has corroded the inside of his mouth or something like that. Was is it? that? I you know I just assumed he had like consumption. No, they, they address it. Uh, they address it directly. They oh, do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's they. A, she. It, it's, I must yes. have missed that part. I'll have to go back and read it. Okay. But something yeah, it's heinous. cool. No, yes. I'm glad they mention it because yeah. otherwise it's like, why is that? Right, 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 yeah. right. I did want to mention something I really enjoyed. Uh, it seemed as though her allies were handpicked, the ones yeah. we already mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right. However, during that live, like introductory broadcast, when they're all they're all screwed and they all know it, and um, they are, uh, they've all done their bit in front of the our host Cesar and and mm-hmm. the cheering audience and everybody at home who's compulsorily watching um, they spontaneously all join hands Mm -hmm. and this includes the careers yeah Uh this includes the hopeless cases who are never going to get anywhere which they do get places because this is you know fiction Uh Um, they all join hands and they lift them above their heads and it was not scripted it was not you know these aren't just allies right and that was kind of uh Strange and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, it's almost, you know, it seems like everyone's united in uh, protest against, like, the breaking of this covenant that, that the capital has with Even the other the districts. Careers. Even the careers. Who but, then, you know, appear to be happy with what they're doing. Well, but the thing, something. but they're, I mean, okay, so this is wrong, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, us, we can't protest this, this shizzle yeah, inside and, the clock. And the careers are, the careers are happy with their station, probably right up until they're about to be the one to get killed. And yeah. then they're probably kind of yeah. a little but, skeptical but about But they did protest the value. before yeah. all that. I mean, that was, it was just an interesting... Yeah, dream. yeah. Well, I, I feel like, again, let's, let's imagine the life of one of the careers where you've spent your whole life being rigorously trained, kill or be killed, this is the way the world is. You get in there and you kill, 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 and you win, and you have made it through hell. And in like some of the other districts, like we see with Katniss and Peter, you go back traumatized and you're haunted your whole life and you have nightmares. And I'll bet they're having nightmares too, but they wake up and wait, 
I'm here. I'm in my lofty mansion. I am looked up to. I am training these kids to be as mean and as and as and as vicious as uh, as me. This is what life is, and I am a warrior. I am a gladiator, and I have risen to the occasion. And I have to do what? I, <laughs> I have I have to go back. Yeah. So and, it's a moment. well, and half of them die too. I mean, it's not like uh-huh. they always. All, I mean, even it, though they win statistically a large portion of the time, uh-huh. only one of them wins. Yeah, uh-huh. well, because there's n- it's like there's no model for how a career career is it behave like how how one of the careers is supposed to conduct themselves in the second one, the second time because it's yes. never happened before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're all there for the first time. Right. Um, right. And um, yeah, and, and the Hunger Games are designed to break people, and you can't. You can't break someone more than once. Well, that's not technically true. Jason, what yeah. are you talking about? talking about heartbreak now? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always talking about heartbreak. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, God. Yeah, so, all right, which brings us to um, to uh, the love triangle. Interesting. Do we, yeah, um, I don't, I, I get, this is probably the aspect of the book that um, that it, it felt that way in Hunger Games and also in Catching Fire that that feels a little perfunctory, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean um, that this is a concession to the market. I mean, that, not, not like it's unnatural, totally stapled on, but it's almost like it does seem secondary to the rest of it. That well, it? yeah, no, and necessarily so. I mean, this is life and death and everything, but but almost as if I mean, it's Katniss telling us this story, and it's like mm-hmm. Katniss doesn't care about it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, this is just like another layer we, of we're, aggravation. We're listening to you yes. from the other end oh. of Mockingjay. Oh, right. Okay. Well, right. okay. So, but but I would agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel oh. like it's almost like it's presented as. Um, this is what Katniss is supposed to be thinking about in a normal world mm. where there's no life and death, there's no starving kids, there's no, you know... Maybe she would have a crush on a boy. Right. right. She mm. would be trying to decide between the boy who's really dedicated to her, who she's been through something, you know, they have something in common, mm-hmm. or the boy that she grew up with and, and knows, you know, and is her best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that is, that's a young adult novel that is... You know, not a dystopian novel, and right. so it's almost put there as an exclamation point to just how far oh from these normal. kids are from normal. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good perspective as to why maybe that's in uh-huh. there. Yeah, um, sure. To ignore the possibility that she'd be maybe starting to go through these things mm-hmm. anyway might be a little false. Because well, it's almost like Katniss does not have the luxury of even thinking exactly about yeah. it, especially in I Catching she Fire. she says that. Maybe but, she said, yeah, I mean, yeah. because it, her choice is like, it, it's like Mary, essentially marry Peta or we're going to kill your family. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So what are you yeah. going to do? You're going to, is she going to agonize? Like, oh gosh, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, Gail's yeah. shoulders are so nice. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's an additional layer of tension and tragedy, I suppose. It uh, it, it re- reminds me. Have you there's a have you ever seen a film called Europa Europa? No. It takes place in Nazi Germany, and it's about a young Jewish boy who has successfully passed himself off mm-hmm. as a Gentile, mm-hmm. and um, he's actually part of the Nazi youth. And uh, is in love with um, with this uh, beautiful young Uber Fraulein, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he um, Ava, yeah, Ava, Ava and, and Ava, not that, not that they, Ava. They, all their names were Ava, and he, and yes, and all, of, and he turned out to be Adolf Hitler. <gasps> Somehow. Wait, he was Adolf Hitler, and he was in, in the Nazi party. <laughs> it was—it's a strange film. This time travel. No, so no. The thing is, so he—he uh, he loves he loves this girl, and she loves him, but he he can't get nude with her because yeah. she'll see his penis. Oh right. I was—I thought you were going to say he can't. He can't get nude because yeah, because yeah. she's a Nazi. Because she's a Nazi. <laughs> Who would get nude with a Nazi? Ava Braun. Uh huh. She's saying. Yeah, she sure would. Okay. It's, it's a fun name. It was to a say. different time. It was okay. a different time. 
Um, it's a different time when I, that was going to be. That's going to be really loud. But, <laughs> that's okay. But watching this film, it's uh, it's Trey Poignante um, because uh, Europa, 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 Europa. Because mm-hmm. you you realize like this is just such a natural thing. You want these beautiful kids to get it's nude fine, together. You yeah. want to watch them making love, and um, but uh, and you know you're dreaming yourself into their life, and you just want them to have this special moment. I felt exactly like that, only way different about Yentl. <laughs> <laughs> Same oh, idea. Oh, Same, oh, almost, oh, the, it's oh, the antimatter. Oh, Europa Europa oh, is the antimatter Yentl. It's the sequel oh to Yentl. <laughs> it's the anti-Yentl. Um, anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, the, okay, so I, I get that. That makes sense, and it makes sense for that weird kind of the quality, like the, this, this relation, this chain of relationships, mm-hmm. it's arising out of out of hormones and the natural emotions of these characters. But there's no place in this world for these these relationships to blossom in any healthy way. And every relationship is some kind of compromise or concession to. Well, and we we see the um, the emotions of her team, her uh-huh. hairstylist or makeup person, right. and how sad they are that she has to go back and they can't even complete their work. Uh-huh. And that's as real to them as anything they've ever experienced. And it doesn't mean they're less of people. It, they're just that part of society. They're that mm-hmm. part of elite society uh-huh. in a similar way. Like, they're allowed to go through these weird, shallow places because they don't have to fight for every meal. Because uh-huh. right. they're from the capital. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is yeah, yes. which is why it's unsurprising that there's this network yeah. of revolutionaries within yeah. you know it's that the revolution is not being we see right up until the very end of Catching Fire we see revolutionary acts among the masses but when the re- the revolution happens it's you've got to have people on the inside right it's yeah. insiders it's capital people it's mm-hmm. th- yeah. those are the people who are funding and driving and strategizing the revolution. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm fascinated by Plutarch Heavensby, yeah. Um, because it, you know it's one thing to you know to be the fifth column guy, to be the guy you know who's in the corridors of power, but has these revolutionary instincts. But he builds these things. He kills these kids. Mm-hmm. He's clearly some kind of virtuoso of this of this world to get himself to a point where he would be the natural successor and mm-hmm. the game maker for the quarter quell, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and we just get to see him, you know, through through her eyes, and yeah, I get, and that's also the sign of, you know, a vividly imagined fictional universe, and why these kind of shared universes are becoming more and more popular using the comic book model. Because, you know, I yeah, I want to know about the inner life of the careers. I want to know about the inner life of this game maker because. What and what journey like took him to the point where he's wearing a Mockingjay watch and, and right. showing her but not showing her? Yeah, and she doesn't get it. She's like looking at this and it like flashes a Mockingjay and then she doesn't see it anymore. Did I really see that? Yeah, yeah. it's inconceivable. It's it's yeah. like it's like a you know a, a, a SS officer showing yeah. a star of David. You yeah, know, you just like want, she just wants to get away from him. Right. Yeah, she's, she's creeped right. out. Well, yeah. he's kind of creepy. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be an occupational right. hazard. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, you got the. His history is that he was like a designer. He designed the games for many, many years and then yeah. retired right. early, mysteriously. Right. right, right. Yeah, what did he go through? Right. Yeah. D- does Mockingjay show us any of that? I'm, you- not, I'm not telling. I'm not telling you anything. Oh, I'm not going to tell you anything. Jeez. All right. I guess I will have to read it. Because yeah. it's so good. And, and if you <laughs> okay. know it's really anything, good. it's going right. to ruin it. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, the ending. There is no more District Twelve. Jesus, that maybe like right, maybe yeah. just well, like there's well, no more he, District Thirteen. Like, no, I don't true, know. true. Exactly. But it's Gail saying that, and it's uh, it's yeah. just a heavy thing to well, say. They're, and they're all there on the hovercraft together. It's like right. it's so built for the next book, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can hear the swell. Yeah, of but strings. where's Peta? Yes, didn't make it. He, what? Uh, um, you know. but such a heavy thing to say, like all of her visions of a universe that is not intolerable or a future that is not intolerable are different versions uh, okay it's me and everyone I love right. in the victory man the victory village in or district in 12 okay no, no okay we're in the woods near district 12 no like it it's you know she's such a local girl because this universe is so segmented but yes home is gone there is no home yeah 
and um, like everyone, there's no place to retreat to mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so, uh, how, how did how did? I guess I didn't find that as impactful as maybe you did, uh-huh. because it's like literally everyone she cares about in District Twelve has made it out. That's true. Um, everyone else was kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> So you're you were happy to see all those people. I was destroyed. not affected by the uh-huh. loss of District Twelve. For me, it was seeing everybody together uh-huh. that were wait. They're all working together. Everybody, right? Oh my god! Yeah. To, yeah, to me, it's like they burned down the slum. It's like they they bombed Auschwitz and then they're like on their way somewhere else where there's no none of the guys who was like shooting at him or whipping him in the town right, square right, and right. that shit. None of those guys yeah. are coming with them. Okay. So to me, it was very the the end, except for the fact that Peta had been captured was. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yes. No, no, no. Yeah. Its impact is not necessarily tragic. Like, oh, I'm going to miss that junky little, you know, um, shithole. But more like, uh, yes. Home territory. Like yeah. You saying. can't, like, like, whatever. It's almost like, like uh, the end of Hunger Games, you know, or the beginning of Catching Fire. It's like she was brought back to a more lushed out complicated version of where she had started mm-hmm. but it's it's like mocking jay serious you know obviously what we've been set up for is like there are no very all, different and i know. think that was a natural progression for the book like uh-huh. you know she, in the beginning now. she's pulled out of her home that she lived in her entire life she lives right. in the victory village then they yeah. electrify the fence and she's removed from the woods which she had spent most of her time in before that and then they remove the black market and they burn that to the ground oh, and that's brutal. Right. you know it's, it's just like one piece after another mm-hmm. is being chunked away yeah mm-hmm. yeah um well and gail is taken away because he has to work in the mines now because mm-hmm. he's of age right. right um you know something i really liked about this this book it came uh clearer the first book she was thrown into the situation and just fighting for her life constantly. That's what yeah. it felt like. Action, 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 action. Uh-huh. This one, she's our protagonist, and yet she is totally unaware of what's happening. It's like she's doing everything by instinct very well, mm-hmm. but she's clueless. She is being kept in the dark by everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was really striking to me, because I, you have this picture of her as a very powerful young woman, and yes, she's the symbol of this. Well, is she rising to that occasion? Not really. She's kind of the figurehead. Right. At this no, point. and I guess I don't really see her as powerful yeah. in the way that, like, I don't see her as like um. She is. She's the protagonist in that it is told from her perspective, but she does not drive the narrative in any way. Right. And the sec- well, yeah, it was well, interesting. And I and I feel like um, in in the films, she feels more powerful in the films. Mm-hmm. Because Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence emoting, like I, I get hurt and scared when I her emotion just feels so real. She's got a strength to her. Oh God! But, <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, and why right. not? I know. And, I mean, uh, and why? Yeah, yeah. But like on the page, she seems like much more like traumatized in a different way, mm-hmm. where she's like cold. Yeah. You know, there's something cold yeah, in for her, sure. yeah. and uh, and and so there's. You know, there, there's less of the of the fretting and the howling and the outrage, and just more of this like just profoundly broken person who is just you know. And that's the thing that like that's the quality that I've been trying to like quantify is that it's in the moments where she gets so overwhelmed in the mm-hmm. in the books where where she slips and she starts having a feeling, any feeling, yeah. that is when she does something that, that other people perceive as revolutionary. Right, yeah. right. And maybe Super that's indicative ass. of the entire culture in which yeah. she finds herself. Like everyone, they if they see someone actually reacting to the world in which they live for right. just one second, it, that becomes a possibility. Right. Right. And not just outwardly re- responding, but as a culture, they're so broken that, like, seeing someone outwardly reacting, yeah, it indicates that there's an inward response as well. And I think that that's something... It's too much. It rocks the whole world. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, despite how, like, you know, painful this world might be for individual members or citizens of it, we've all agreed that the world is a certain way because someone hits us if we suggested it some other way but when we can't even help it anymore and we feel something it's like a a wormhole is opened into a parallel universe which like any revolution they can't hit all of us at the same time right and that's you know it seems to be that like that's you know they keep hearing 
rumors of this and that. And right. Which is why they take the children, and then ultimately, even that's not enough anymore. Yeah. Right. They have to take our celebrities. They take our <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> oh, barbaric. Um, on that note... Uh, we don't want to leave you with a nightmarish possibility that our celebrities are being taken. Can you end on a more hopeful note? Jason? I'm sorry. Okay. Don't uh, terrorize. Le- the well, that's what I'm saying. I haven't read Mockingjay. I'm imagining a world in which in a world in a world where everyone is a celebrity. <laughs> no. Um, no! Where uh, everyone can kill, but no one has to die. In a world where everyone hits everyone all the time, <laughs> and pretty much nothing else gets done, and everybody likes it, and everybody likes it, that's it like, like video games. Uh huh. Well, now that's my belief, uh, but I'm not going to spill it because that's a book that hasn't been written yet, and that's where I'll have my my film deals and whatnot. But I have a plan, ladies and gentlemen. Jason again. Squamata has a special plan for this world, but this is not the venue for you to hear it. I can't wait. It has a little something to do with video games. It has a little something to do with the future and hitting and hitting. It and has a lot it. to do with hitting. Okay. Um, Good to know. Yeah. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Do we have any closing thoughts about uh, Catching Fire, this beautiful book by Suzanne Collins? I thought it was a really nice middle book. It was it was half the first book and half the third book yeah. switched order. Uh-huh. It was no Empire Strikes Back. No, okay, and that, that's interesting. That's an interesting <laughs> point because I, I feel like, and I, and I think there's some consensus about this, that the Empire Strikes Back in that trilogy was the best film. I remember seeing it as a child. No way. No. Oh, no, you like Ewoks. You're all about the Ewoks. I'm sorry. Okay, so I get, yeah, we can't reach a consensus in this room necessarily, but as a child, it felt like this breakthrough into a new reality, bearing witness to this lavish spectacle of a film in which all the heroes lose. You know, in which wow. everybody learns things that mm-hmm. blows their whole world to pieces, but all Literally, the heroes lose. Literally, because it's the Death Star. The Death Star. No, no. Death Star in no, that's the one without oh, a Death it? Star. There's yeah. a Death Star in Star Wars and a Death Star in Return of the Jedi. Uh, that's, see, I just didn't feel like anybody really lost in Empire Strikes Back. And this is total what? digression. I'm sorry, carbon point. freezing what? chamber. Okay, like, okay that's like a holding pattern. And he builds a robot <laughs> hand like ten minutes later. But, no, okay, but we, okay, yeah, but, okay. Luke, I'm your father. Okay, the devil is your father, and everything you're fighting against is what you will become. And when you watch The Empire Strikes Back as a child, and no one has talked about it yet, when you see it in the theater, when it came out, there's nothing to indicate that Han Solo is ever going to like make it out of that state. And... Yeah, shockingly, I, the, the the boy and his daddy issues hero's journey did not really resonate with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, Hunger Games is for you, but but the point that I was trying is that uh, it, it's a it's an equally great middle story that goes the other way. Yeah. It's people getting yeah. actualized, and it's like the stakes are higher than ever. But mm-hmm. what it's the Empire that's in trouble. Yeah. Right. You know, like the empire is is wobbling, and uh, and I, I enjoyed you know that ending because I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see what happens next. Although when I was sitting in the movie theater with my daughter, yeah, and we're like watching it, and they're on the hovercraft, and then um, she's just watching, and uh-huh. the screen turns black, and then the burning, you know, Monty right, J thing, right. and she said, "That's it. That's <laughs> the end. That was the worst." Ending ever. Oh no! It was Hilaire. Yeah, <laughs> poor yeah. Thing. I know the poor thing. They they have to have their hearts broken somehow. Yeah. And well, it's hard to watch. Yeah, time. but I I don't know. I get the job of a middle book in a trilogy or a middle story is to make you um, so desperate for closure you want to pull your hair out and to withhold it. Yeah, yeah I can't. I I wish I could like skip forward in time. To when you're done reading Mockingjay, and uh-huh. all of you out there are done reading Mockingjay, and we, if we could just talk about it right now, but we can't. But I'm, I agree. I just yeah, I mean, I just feel like you have a lot to say about that book. 
Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have this powwow um, in uh, in L.A. with the yep. L.A. office of uh, Book Circle we'll Online. We'll talk in private. But, yes, but no, I, I think we should have a little follow-up our, ourselves. But I little, will say that yes. unlike the Star Wars trilogy, yes. Katniss's journey is not a hero's journey uh-huh. in any way. Uh-huh. And I think that's what makes it unique. Okay. Oh, I'm tantalized. That's all I'm going to say. Lovely. All right. Well... Uh, this uh, I get here. I am yearning for closure and understanding, but it's being withheld by by women mis- by women <laughs> withholding closure you from Squamata. I know I could have, and I will. Um, I sound like his mother. I'll, I'll you could have read the book. I could have. I could have. Ah, Ma, get off my back. Um, at any rate, uh, yes. Okay, we're wrapping. Yes, we're wrapping it up because I said what I Christy needs to pee. And wow. um, I'm sorry. Okay, no, I'm not cutting it out. Christy needs to pee, and the whole world needs to know it. She's pregnant, and she needs to pee. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, call you pregnant. <laughs> it's no. just on tape. It hasn't okay. been released. Right. To the yes. World yet. No. I'll take that out. I promise. I promise. I'll take out the pregnant part. Stop cry- Boy, she's crying. Boy, is she hormonal? She's nuts. I don't or- want people to know that I pee. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, it's been a pleasure having you all here in the circle, as always. Uh, and whatever vector you're listening to this program through, please find Book Circle online on iTunes. Try to listen to it through iTunes and uh, and like it, and uh, and and uh, please uh, leave comments. Let's start a dialogue. We want to communicate with you. I would love that. I yeah. would like to have conversations with pe- people on the iTunes about yeah. what we're talking about. Oh, we're going to. Please do that, because that yes. would be fun. It would be wonderful. Yeah. And we and, and please, uh, uh, constructive criticism. You could just trash us. I mean, we just want to see your comments. but Or, like, adoration and praise. That's fine, too. But let's uh, let's make this the perfect uh, mind meld for, uh, for you out there in the reading world. Uh, because the way... To uh, to keep reading alive is to stay in the circle. This has been Book Circle Online. Thank you very much. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.